You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, online at acaville.org. Acaville, we've got you covered, whatever the gender of your tenor or the face of your bass. At the top of the hour this hour, Sing Strong New York returns from February 8th to the 10th, 2019. The event will take place at Adelphi University. It is all vocals, all for charity. Headline acts this year include Face out of Colorado, Women of the World from Boston, The Dopplers from Copenhagen, Iris Vocals, the 2018 Aka Open Champions from New York City, Backtrack out of New York City, Blue Jupiter, the festival hosts, Westside Five out of New York City, the Greater Nassau Chorus, and Amy Engelhart, formerly of The Bobs. Get your tickets and more information at newyork.singstrong.org. Hello, Acaville Radio. Welcome to another episode of Talk Appella. I am one half of your host, Brian, and joining us today is the always amazing John Lampus. John, how are you doing? Well, you know, I'm really getting used to wearing regular clothes again because I just finished student teaching, <laughs> and it's really nice to just go out in a t-shirt and jeans, and I've been telling everyone about this, and everyone's like, can't relate to me on this thing, so... I'm telling you, Brian, this has been so nice that I can go out in a t-shirt. Not related to acapella at all, but still. <laughs> but it's an important uh, part nonetheless. You need to you be know? comfortable when you're recording, and at least I'm not talking exactly. about noodles this time, because that that, was, that, there was that span of like three actually. months where all I would do was eat noodles right before we recorded, and then it just I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull back on the noodles thing. So this is me pulling back on talking about noodles <laughs> and talking about something equally as irrelevant. So Well, I was getting getting used to that being your thing. I know, so, I know, you know, I'm sorry. No complaints from me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it was good to hear from you as always. Joining us today, we have a very special guest. We're doing something very different today. <laughs> and uh, our guest today is none other than my wife, Laura Alexander. Laura, how are you doing? Good, how are you guys? Doing great. I'm so great. excited. This is so <laughs> cool. I have often said that I am the greatest threat to Brian's young marriage because he's always so like ready to go with acapella stuff. And mm-hmm. then Laura's, I see her in the background through Skype, like just trying to like be helpful, be productive. And Brian always has to, I have to always have to tell Brian to like ask Laura to be like quieter. No. And I feel terrible. And now I'm like, well, wait, let's just bring her on the show. Then there's no way that I can mess this up. So this is our exactly. way of doing it. <laughs> Yeah, so now I'm not the only one in trouble anymore. Yes. So now we can uh, attribute a lot of this to John. Yeah, so. the, hey, that's, I mean, I think that's what we're all looking forward to. That's what that's what we're all moving towards. Laura, thanks exactly. so much for, for coming on. This is super fun. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm really excited <laughs> because we often talk uh, to a lot of really, um, uh, I don't know, we talk a lot to people who have a very uh, long resume in acapella, who have all this experience. And Laura's kind of given us a very unique take on acapella because she doesn't regularly do acapella, but you know, she's married to me and has to endure a lot of acapella listenings and discussions about it. So I'm, I'm really excited to get that, um, that other perspective on what an outsider normally uh, grasp from the whole thing definitely so this is really cool yeah i mean i i had the idea i think a couple weeks ago or earlier this year when we recorded our episode with rachel jaffe who is a great member of acaville but she doesn't sing in any acapella groups and we got so many great perspectives from her on acapella and my thought was like all right let's get more people who are like 
acapella adjacent because those are the people like when we make this show Ryan or when we go out and perform for groups like the people who we want to see it or who who are already going to see it they're like built in like the acapella community Mm -hmm. we're selling to them but what we got to do I think as a community is sell to the people outside of our circle and I think people like um, Rachel and Laura are perfect for that (laughs) perfect so why don't we just jump right in so to kind of kick things off Laura why don't you tell us a little bit about your background just um, just you know what you do on a day-to-day basis from your profession you know any kind of educational experience just to give our listeners a little bit more insight about you all right well uh Grew up in Utah. Okay. And I. The story's off to a good start right there. Starting Utah. (laughs) Went to BYU. um, Couldn't figure out what to major in. I served uh, in between uh, school and uh, not going to school. I served in LDS Mission in El Salvador. So I speak fluent Spanish. And then after like serving that church service mission, I went back to school and decided that it wasn't for me and went to esthetician school instead. (laughs) (laughs) And then worked as an esthetician for a while and then somehow ended up in administration and HR kind of stuff. And now I'm in Houston working for an oil and gas company doing HR and administrative and travel stuff. Okay, this is so nice to yeah. just like hear people say, <laughs> like, I mean, I love all of our big wig acapella guests that we get, but it's 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 very refreshing to just hear like, oh, you haven't founded like thirteen groups and have been singing since you were like <laughs> in the womb. It's 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 definitely a nice change. It of is. Pace. It's so different, but oh my goodness, it's so needed. I I get it. Yeah. So wow, you have quite the, the interesting background on all the different experiences. I wasn't so expecting you have a lot that of many like phases to it. Like okay, first there was school, then there was the mission, then there was this career, then there was this career. It's nice. Yeah. I wasn't sure what you guys wanted. We're gonna no, talk all about your. What's an esthetician again? I'm gonna be honest. I totally don't know what that is. It's a skincare. Okay, I knew it was something like that. Yeah, so. so it's like facials and manicures and pedicures and microdermabrasion i've gotten one of those brian have you ever gotten a microdermabrasion i have never they're amazing okay are they they're real they're really worth it i'm usually like the only guy Mm -hmm. i know who gets them but it's it's worth it it's really great (laughs) one day i did a lot of research recently because i got her kind of this facial package thing for christmas so i did look it up okay cool cool uh so to kind of Put things back in perspective a little bit. So also, in addition to your background, I'm curious, have you ever done anything musical in the past? Have, have, did you grow up singing at all? Do you have any experience with singing? Do you, have you done anything with music, you know, any instruments or anything like that? I did play the piano for three or four years in oh. high school mm-hmm. and really enjoyed that. Okay. Singing-wise, never done anything with that i do enjoy singing loud at church and (laughs) (laughs) singing loudly in the car Mm -hmm. and in the shower sometimes but that's about all my experience with music and singing yeah so so what's good is you know you're not completely you know just out there when it comes to music you have experience you know at least the ideas and the concepts behind it, you know what you like, uh, it seems mm-hmm. like. So um, just to kind of tie it in acapella, what do, you, what do you know about acapella in itself? Pretty much all you don't. <laughs> <laughs> just in general, this, there's no right or wrong answer to this. I'm not setting you up for anything, probably. But, uh, I don't yeah. know. I think everybody seemed pitch perfect. So I know that okay. kind of uh, 
side of things. I went to an acapella show with Brian about a year or two ago. Mm -hmm. It was like a college competition. And that was kind of funny because it was a lot more like pitch perfect than I thought it would be. Really? Okay. (laughs) The judges weren't as crazy, but I feel like they kind of... I don't know. They kind of culture nailed it on the head. Yeah, the culture on the head. Um, and then I'm also watching some of Brian's videos that he posts on Facebook of the different college op- uh, acapella groups and everything. And I don't know. Some of them seem like they do a really good job, and then some of them are a little nerdy. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, her, Brian have you been showing her my videos? Because that's probably what she's referring to. <laughs> Not yet. I was saving those for a rainy day. I'm like, let me first get her to yeah. just learn a little bit more about John Don't scare before her I off do the full deep really. Exactly. Um, that's really cool, Laura. That because I think this is a super important perspective for us <laughs> to see is like hearing like what you do know and what you don't know about acapella and then also like what's shaped your perspective on it because when I ask every average like everyday people like especially when I've had some of my younger students like what do you know about acapella like not even music students just like kids in a classroom they Mm -hmm. usually quote pitch perfect they usually quote pentatonics Mm -hmm. those are the two things that come up and that makes sense because they're very like in they were very in the popular culture like um, zeitgeist for a while and I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's important for like you and me to see Brian is like because I, I just assume like oh yeah some people thought that but it's gone away or whatever but clearly those two things those two um, instances pentatonics and pitch perfect have framed acapella for so many people besides yeah. us and I guess I'm like wondering like what can we do to get people like Laura to go beyond that and there's there's going to be some people who are just like more interested just aren't interested in that and that's totally fine and that might be your case laura and that's plenty of like my friends cases too (laughs) they're just like yeah they understand it and they they just it's just not for them and that's important but i guess i'm wondering like just taking like a little microcosm of your experience seeing these two things like what is it about it that's appealing for you just based off your experience and what about acapella is just kind of not your thing so I think for me, I think a lot of acapella groups try to do a lot of remixes. And I'm not huge into remixes anyways. Like covers. But I feel like they, yeah, they'll do covers. And I've really enjoyed the ones that are one or two people singing. But the ones where they try to involve the whole entire group. And it's really not a group mm. song, but they're mm. involving the whole group. And then... Like one person is singing the melody and then in the background, the whole group is like humming something different. That kind of throws me off a little bit because I'd rather hear their, I'd rather hear their cover versus hearing like the whole group try to make it into more of a choir sounding song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because with with so, hearing a single yeah. voice, there is something about that of that that is just, it's more individualized because it, it, I mean, it's literally individualized. It's an individual, how you like, understand the tone and i think there's something i remember reading a um a book a way 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 back in in my music education about how solo solo singing is like projecting this aura i'm probably going to misquote this terribly i hope no musicologists are listening to this but this idea of solo singing is this like even it's like trying to create a suspension of disbelief that they're like emoting these things or saying these things for the first time if that kind of makes sense mm-hmm. like some if someone's getting up there to sing sunflower by uh post malone or uh, or whatever like the intent even though i know he has rehearsed this song and he's done it a bunch how i'm trying to be drawn in is based on the idea that 
it feels like he's emoting these things for the first time. And I can totally mm-hmm. see how for some people, the idea of a choir doing it, like, I don't know, Brian and I don't generally like speak in unison and just like chant things. Like yeah. there is, it's, mm-hmm. it's a small, it's a minute thing, but I think it's important in that it, for some people that can break the immersion a little bit. And there's also just like taste of like, I prefer to hear one voice because I'm used to hearing this song with one voice as opposed to mm-hmm. hearing it with a whole group of people. So there's like social and like musical things in play. Yeah, and it, what's also coming to mind as you're discussing things, and this is this is new to me. Yeah. This We've like <laughs> never actually had conversations yeah. this in depth about acapella, so I'm learning so much, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But a lot of stuff that you're saying when, when uh, what I'm hearing is that the first people that come to mind is someone like a Peter Hollins. So Peter Hollins, he does his all his own multi-track and it's one guy, he mm-hmm. does all yep. the backing parts and things like that. And he is super popular among both acapella people and non-acapella people. And I'm wondering if maybe that's where a lot of the, the intro is. Because for me, my first inclination when I want to get someone acapella, I'm like, oh, you got to check out this really cool group that mm-hmm. does like this totally nuanced uh, like reinvented, reimagined uh, take on a cover of a song. And, you know, that's been me because I have lived in acapella for close yeah. to a decade mm-hmm. now. And I'm not thinking of the individual such as Laura, which is just like, you know, I want to hear something a bit more dialed back. I want to hear something that connects with me a little bit what more. What person to person, of... yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm just like, well, that that really just like a light bulb just went off for me because I'm like, maybe it is that one person as you guys are discussing that, you know, allows for that connection before, you know, we should really try and hit everyone with the really cool stuff and the nerdy stuff, I guess, is what I would consider it. But it's 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 just fascinating. So so t- talk to me a little bit more about what, what other stuff do you normally like in acapella? Because I know I've shown you a few mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. What are what are what are some other things that really fascinate you about it or that you like i guess in general that i've liked i like the beatboxing how people can make different sounds with their voices mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. really wouldn't normally see like i really liked the lion king oh okay uh, acapella song that you showed me yeah i showed her a group i believe it was a uh, open fifth from miami oh, okay. university yeah. they do a really cool cover of uh, the lion king so and they made like all the animal noises and all of that kind of stuff. And like, I feel like that's one of those songs that can be sung with a whole group. And the more people singing it, the more powerful it sounds. Um, so I really enjoyed that. And I, I don't know, like things that are normally meant for a choir, I usually like that with acapella. So song selection. Like, yeah, uh, song, song selection and thing. the original intent or composition of the piece and how it's like arranged. Mm-hmm. I get that. I think there is something I I really, I mean, the kind of standard acapella model, or maybe I'll get like killed for saying this, but the, the like when someone thinks of acapella, <laughs> they think of like a soloist in the middle and then people doing like background parts to support the soloist. They come mm-hmm. together sometimes, but it's mainly acapella at least especially on college campuses can be almost too solo focused sometimes yeah so for circle of life that's a song that was originally done with like a mass choir and even with some solos but still a mass choir thing so for you 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 were okay with that acapella as opposed to like a song maybe you'd heard on the radio that was solo and then put into like a choral uh, choral setting would that be fair to say yeah that's pretty fair to say yeah yeah i'm wondering if that's something if this is 
a turn off that other people experience because I don't I, I'm you know I don't want to try and generalize all of acapella music but I do think that lots of college acapella is very solo focused and I'm wondering mm-hmm. like is there a prevalence of arrangements that are just too that take went by taking away the solo element become a little too inaccessible or too different from their people's original connection to the song I know I've heard acapella arrangements that I can tell are very good but because of my way I attached to the song originally I don't jive as much with the cover what do you think Brian I don't know it's it's interesting because I I get where you're coming from like I see a lot of more professional and older groups outside past the college age who they do a lot more arrangements where they're more group focused and like you're saying I I do think that when I look at college groups I see that a lot of the structure is based around a single soloist whereas the professional groups yeah they spend a lot more time crafting arrangements that aren't exactly like that and a lot of those uh, arrangements and songs and covers really tend to get stick with me a lot longer for some reason Um, I think uh, college groups they do a lot of really cool stuff that I'm really fascinated by but um, I don't know it's it's weird and I'm not sure what the best model is because you know it's really subjective because just really depends on what the what the day is you know some sometimes I'm I'm really digging you know a really cool solets uh, driven song and then other times I'm interested in something more a little bit more nuanced that just has a really cool group aura and group vibe to it so mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know which one I would initially try and show someone who's not in the acapella at the end of the day I think I would have to consider the person more than anything so it's it's weird it's a weird dynamic it's fascinating yeah and I think this just kind of ties back to what I think what we're discussing here in just broader terms is basically uh, kind of simplifying it here is just basically how attached people are to their version of the song and their um, opinion towards covers in general there are song again there are songs i love and i like i mean i i do this more for the novelty of it but i have a playlist of and i haven't told brian this or i've only told a few people this so this is really embarrassing i have a playlist of like 15 different covers of outcasts hey ya like it's just different like there's one version that's like aggressively like like way too white there's like a singer songwriter version there's like it's it's more just like because it's funny but also because i really like seeing it this song put in all these different permutations but there are other songs Mm -hmm. where like i I, like i don't want them to do that uh honeybee by steam power draft which is an amazing song like i think that song is like the best it's ever going to be because of the things that are unique to that performance and that group Mm -hmm. so if someone's really attached to their version of a song it just might seem almost mm-hmm. like sacrilegious or just like a turnoff when the stuff that maybe you liked about it, whether it could be the performer or the mixing, the tone are taken away and it's just being reinterpreted by someone. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, and that just made me think of a question for Laura, but I, I did want to say two things. Yeah. First, I'm completely surprised that you have a collection of outcast <laughs> Hey Ya songs. I would have never guessed I, that yeah, in my life. It's, yeah. It became a thing. Yeah. It became mm-hmm. a thing. Oh, I love that song. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that song. I'm, per, I'm a huge fan of the singer songwriter versions, but I mean, there's so many great, mm-hmm. that's a song that can be, is really good acapella because you can move. There's, yeah. there's so much yeah. musically you can Angry. dive into, but again, other songs that might not work as well. Exactly. And um, the the second thing before it leads me to my question is, I agree, there are there are certain songs, and now I'm putting myself on the spot to try and think of one, but there are definitely songs that I've heard the original track to, and you know what, it's a song I would never need to hear 
uh, a group ever cover mm-hmm. because I'm so invested in that. I love the original. Um, there, I think I think I have more musicians and that come to artists that come to mind rather than me thinking of a song. I guess one that would come to mind that I haven't heard like a really good cover of in my personal opinion would be like you know Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You yeah. I don't know that I ever need to hear yeah, that because that's no. so tied to her and her like tone it, and how she belts it yeah exactly so that that just posed that made me think of a question just just in general what are your thoughts Laura on just covers in itself because I think this ties a lot into what we're discussing about the whole connection acapella, but do you even in itself just like covers in general? I don't like a lot of covers. Okay, there's okay. I think it the has diagnosis to be right there. We found, right. The, we found yeah. the reason. I mean, there are a couple covers that sound better than the real song, mm-hmm. but I feel like it takes a true artist, and this is just my opinion, a true artist to break down a song and make it their own and really make it just as good or better than the original. Absolutely agree. We do have to take Mm -hmm. a quick break here, but I'm having a great time here just like diving into this totally different perspective on acapella that Brian and I haven't had the opportunity to to dive into before. So we're going to be right back here on Talkapella. We're going to pass it on over to Amanda Tran with an episode of her segment, Notable Coverage. Then we're going to be right back here with John, Brian, and Laura. You're listening to community-supported Acaville Radio, online at acaville.org. Acaville, the tracks we play never skip a beat. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Notable Coverage, here only on Tacapella on Acaville Radio. I'm your host, Amanda Tran, and in every episode we talk about a heavily covered song in the acapella world. So for episode 22, we're going to discuss Bad Romance by none other than the queen, Lady Gaga herself. Now this song came out in 2009, I had to look that up. That means we are going to be celebrating the 10 year anniversary of the iconic Bad Romance. That's insane. I remember like it was yesterday when it came out and we were all trying to copy her choreography because that video was iconic as well. Now. There is one version of Bad Romance in the acapella world that everyone knows about. If you were ever in the acapella community or are in it now, I don't know how you wouldn't know about this version, but it is by On The Rocks. Um, It's the all-male group from the University of Oregon in Eugene. They did make an appearance on the sing-off where they performed this version of theirs. And... Needless to say, their version was iconic in the acapella community because it was, I don't know, it was the perfect like example of what it means to be a really awesome, entertaining, funny, good quality, all-male college group. I feel like On The Rocks was kind of the staple for that. They have amazing singing happening. Their choreography is on point. But other than that, their delivery is what makes it amazing. You know, you have to believe in yourself before somebody else can believe in you. And I feel that On The Rocks did just that. They were having the best time, best time on stage. And it really, sh- it really showed through their performance. And it made me want to just like, be there and have fun with them, you know? Um, like every other episode, I take the time to do a lot of research on the internet, um, 
whether that's through YouTube or Spotify, finding all the versions that I can on this one song that we focus on. And through my research, um, there weren't too many arrangements that really stood out. I can't even pick one or remember one that I really love just based on the actual arrangement and the auditory experience. I mean, a lot of acapella obviously is the full experience, you know, like getting the live performance, the choreography, that audience to performer connection, the ambiance, even the interactions between the audience. Like it's the whole thing. I totally get that. But at the root of it, I feel that the arrangement itself needs to be able to translate in a recording as well as on stage. And I feel like this song in particular, I just couldn't find that anywhere else. And I know that conversation of arrangement versus choreography, that whole idea of can you have an effective performance without movement, that conversation comes up a lot in competitions and festivals. Having attended them as just an audience member, but also having been in the judges room multiple times. Um, obviously, we are here for the music first, but there is just something about the performance, the physicality, whether or not you have really heavy choreography, it's the way that you emote the music. And I feel like a good arrangement should be able to shine through regardless of whether or not you're emoting on the stage or whether it's just in the studio. So I may have dug a really deep hole into this one, um, but if you have any more thoughts on that, definitely at me on social media. I'm at Amanda Tran Rocks. That's at Amanda Tran, R-O-C-K-S on all social medias. I would love to talk to you guys about anything acapella related, obviously. Um, but yeah. And here's a clip of Bad Romance by On The Rocks. again for tuning in to Tacapella. I'm your host, Amanda Tran of Notable Coverage, and I will see you next time. Bye. And welcome back to Tacapella. And we are back on the show, and I'm like grinning from ear to ear because I just love the conversation we've been having. Our guest today is none other than my beautiful wife, Laura Alexander. And we have been getting, you know, the other side of uh, the perspective when it comes to 
you know, you know why people like or don't like acapella, or you know if they're not really accustomed to it. What are their opinions on it? And I, I just love all the thoughts we're getting from Laura and John and I are just really getting a lot of really cool insight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> kind of highbrow. I know. It's just like like kind of a little, just a little like um, what's the word? Um, like kind of snobby, mm-hmm. maybe just a little bit. Yeah, I agree completely. And with that, so something that uh, Laura mentioned earlier, um, she said it herself. I actually had the question. I mean, she's in mind, nodding pretty she aggressively kind of here. So. Out for me. She mentioned the term <laughs> nerdy when it comes yes. to acapella. Yes. And you know what? If I'm being honest, <laughs> I hear that word thrown around quite a bit, uh, either from myself or friends or people who aren't in the space. And I'm just curious. So just in general, what what makes acapella nerdy? to you you know and it could <laughs> can be a bit off-putting maybe i know it's just something i've always thought i'm just like i love this stuff i think it's the coolest thing you know why would someone else not think that and i'm like now i can get an honest answer about this like what have you seen for you know from a video or what have you heard or you know what just makes acapella sometimes uh, nerdy to you, you that's can... a, i mean that's a good question i don't know i think probably because Part of it is that you guys get into so much technical detail and get so obsessed over a certain arrangement. You know, it comes off as like, oh, wow, they're uh, very into this. It's a little bit nerdy how into this they are, you know. Mm -hmm. And also it kind of sometimes it feels like acapella groups are in their own little world. Like... Like, mm-hmm. everything's focused around mm-hmm. the group, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much... I know that they love the arrangement, but sometimes I feel like they're not necessarily thinking about the audience, whether the audience is going to love all these little, like, tricks and everything that they're doing. And so, sometimes it comes off as a little bit nerdy. Or... Yeah, I don't know what that is. What is highbrow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah a little pompous maybe yeah yeah so let's so let's try and break this down a little bit so and so i'm hearing a lot of it uh, some of it has to do with arrangement could it be that we're like groups oftentimes try and get too complicated with things would you rather it just to be more simplistic in the way music is delivered i don't want to put words in your mouth but is that anywhere close (laughs) (laughs) i know i just want to make sure i'm leaving her too much but i i just really want to understand that and that's it seems like that's what i'm hearing yes i would like it to be a little more simplistic because i think for somebody who's really into music maybe they would appreciate all the little like whatever all the little tricks and everything Mm -hmm. that you guys do but somebody who just likes music in general but doesn't understand all the little like nuances and music and all the little breakdowns of things and who doesn't actually do acapella they're gonna appreciate something yeah exactly Mm -hmm. they're gonna be like what is this and what are they doing right now whereas somebody who understands what they're doing they're gonna be like oh really appreciate that but somebody who doesn't know what that is is not gonna appreciate it and i think there's like a balance that groups have to strike here. There was an episode. It was, it was one of the few episodes that Brian wasn't able to be on. Uh, it was an interview with another Brian 
It was an interview with one of the members from Restless Vocal Band, and he talked about how when they chose their music, they would choose some stuff for themselves and some stuff for the audience, and how they Mm -hmm. would often be surprised, like, what they thought was in one category might be in another category. They would do something, and they're like, wow, we're not feeling this, and it just, like, blew the audience away. Like, they do, like, kind of an oldie or a barbershop tune, and people just loved it, and then they might do an arrangement that was more like a technical challenge for them, and then, again, like, the audience didn't love it. And they said, basically, talk about having a a good spectrum there of, like, okay, you don't want to do stuff that is all for you, because then I think... It definitely comes across, like you said, Laura, like mm-hmm. they, they're doing it for themselves, that it's more the performance is more like them, honestly, like maybe showing off as opposed to performing for the audience. And I think there's just a balance that groups have to strike. There was an arrangement we did of um, cough syrup um, with my group about a year ago that I really love. And it's very technical to the point where I'm not sure if like a lot of people can see like who don't study music can see how kind of technical it is. And for me, I I had this question of like, is this going to be off putting to people or is it just going to be like normal? They're just going to say, Oh, that's like kind of a different cough syrup as opposed to like some super technical version. And I think a lot of this is also tied into the idea that like acapella groups, like Mm -hmm. are kind of like a star power fantasy for a lot of people in that it's like, they get to be the superstar. So that idea of being like, a bit of a click or being a little inaccessible is and like showing off like look how good I am that I think is a motivator for a lot of people and that's not inherently a bad thing but I think both of these things like doing super technical arrangements or doing something that is more for yourself or trying to show off your vocal range it it's kind of depends on what the group wants there are some groups that if that's what they want to do they just want to like they don't care about mm-hmm. how much they perform they might not even be a performing group all they do is record like super technical albums mm-hmm that might be their thing but then they're gonna miss out on connecting with people like you whereas when my group did uh we did rocky mountain high by john denver it's like a pretty simple arrangement but it's yeah it was it was a piece that connected with and i was at colorado state that connected with so many members of the audience and it wasn't Mm -hmm. too technical and we ended with that but started with cough syrup so it's kind of taking the audience on this journey and opening them up to some but also making sure we're like satiating their desire to just hear music sung by different people in a different way so i i mean the thing i keep saying and i think it's true is that groups just have to find that balance for themselves and it also depends on like their community who are they performing for yeah exactly and you mentioned something that uh regarding this kind of concept of like this superstar mentality and i mm-hmm. think that's where a lot of groups struggle with it, especially in the early stages because I'm think I think back to when I first got into acapella really in college and I was so excited to finally venture into it and do something creative for my own self and for this new group that I was starting and you know what a lot of it was for me it wasn't about the Same. audience it wasn't even about the group a lot of our early uh, the early years or really the early year, the first year about the group, it was, okay, how can I shape this to be everything I want acapella to be for me? And you know what? My very first arrangement absolutely sucked. It was terrible <laughs> because because of that one fatal flaw, because I remember trying to sit down and get every instrumentation right that I heard in a song and uh, to get the arrangement to be exactly oh, how I, I thought it should too. be. 
I know it's so it's so <laughs> it's not tough, a good idea. <laughs> I know, and it was like till this day, it was one of the absolute worst arrangements in group history. We still talk about it, and you know what? <laughs> Wait, was, what song was it? It was it was actually uh, the Scientist by Coldplay. Oh and, man! And oh I man! That, I know I ruined it. I ruined it for our group. I forever. love that song so much, but I, I can totally see. I yeah. loved it, but like even out to this day, when I hear it play, all I can think about is how we try to. Uh, perform it for our group and it was like one of the most boring one of the worst performed songs like we've ever done and you know what it wasn't for the audience it was all for me at the end of the day so there is this mentality that you know it's all about yourself and that's the part where we have to break from and you uh, I think what was what you said is also you know it's okay it's not all bad you have to know going into it though what you want it to be for. If you want your group to be a competition group, if you want your group to just be a group that does very technical arrangements for recording stuff, um, you have to know what it is that you're doing it for. But if part of your appeal is going to be for an audience, you have to cater to mm-hmm. that audience, and that's mm-hmm. what you know. We're learning so much from Laura today about it yeah. is that you know so much of acapella needs to be catered to the people outside of who are just singing it. Yeah. At the end of the day. Totally. And I think finding that balance in regards to catering versus doing it for yourself. I think if you are finding yourself like not wanting to go to rehearsal or just not enjoying performing, it's okay to like try. You you need to do enough stuff for yourself that you're still enjoying acapella. Because if you're just saying like, okay, what's this old folks home going to like? You can't, mm-hmm. you can select music to like when I found that I've selected music like Rocky Mountain High I originally was like no I don't want to do this I want to do this like original acapella tune that's harder but more technical and that would have given me a degree of satisfaction in terms of the technicality of it but then when we did Rocky Mountain High I was so glad we did that because the satisfaction I got it was a different kind of satisfaction being satisfied by the reaction from the audience that like gave me my fix essentially. So I didn't, after that, I was like, wow, I'm glad we did this instead of doing this super technical piece. So you you have to find that balance. It can't just be catering to the audience, but you can't just do it for yourself. I think mm-hmm. the thing that, just hearing what you're saying, Brian, and what Laura's mentioned, I think the main thing to take away from this is that acapella group leaders should be very cognizant of the different ways you can be satisfied in doing acapella and how that comes across in selecting and arranging the music like i said i was just like no this is going to be the quote-unquote better arrangement and that's that means it's going to be better in all these right all these ways but by trying to think of satisfying someone other than myself i satisfied myself more than i expected and i think Mm -hmm. what you're talking about laura in groups getting too like into themselves that can Mm -hmm. be a result of like what I essentially tried to do, be like, no, we're doing this arrangement for ourselves rather than giving back to the audience. And again, groups need to find that balance. But I think overall, if they can open themselves up to people like you in terms of making music for like the middleman in acapella or the the person who's like kind of on the cusp, then they're going to find themselves rewarded in ways they don't expect. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so let me let me pose a, a hypothetical question mm-hmm. to you, Laura. So if you could have your dream concert and it just be acapella oh. music, <laughs> you know what what oh, what geez. what songs would be there, and you know what what would take place at this performance? What would keep you uh, in your chair for you know hour hour and a half acapella concert? What would you need to see, or oh, what would you want to hear? That's a good question. 
definitely Coldplay the scientist. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is wrong. That is so wrong. Followed up by Rocky Mountain High. <laughs> oh, oh, that was so satisfying. Uh, no. oh, oh, okay, well played. <laughs> um, you know, I really liked the Circle of Life being sung. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I really love Broadway. And so I do like groups singing together. Um, what's really, I really like barbershop quartets. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like something that acapella has that nobody else does. Definitely. And they sound amazing. Um, I think just more like songs that, I don't know, have different like, uh, sounds in them or mm-hmm. different, like, not flat songs because I feel like songs that are usually flat are really hard for a group to sing. What's an example of a flat yeah. song? What What's one that comes to mind when you think of? I'm trying to think. Like boring um, or just not interesting? Yeah, I'm trying to like, think. Like, is there anything like radio now that's that you consider flat? Is it like top 40 music? Is it more old school classics? Or, or just like any of Beyonce songs probably Ooh, shouldn't be sung that, okay, by that is acapella. Touchy you know? Like, or, or songs that are just sung by one person and really just meant to be one person singing it. Like, yeah. And, and like you mentioned earlier, Brian, with, with uh, was it My Heart Will Go On? Or yeah. am I getting that mixed up? No, wait. I'm getting, it wasn't, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. What was it? The, oh, yeah. Winnie Houston, I Will Always Love You. Yes. yes sorry. Why do I always get that mixed up with My Heart Will Go I don't know. I'm not why. sure. But it's that is, I, I think that makes sense. You're attached to that version and that one person singing it. So that, that makes sense that you wouldn't want to hear something like that at this awesome hypothetical concert what and so another so what about top 40 music is top 40 good a lot of stuff you hear on the radio is that too much or would you prefer more older type stuff is that is modern music too big too now for acapella or what are your thoughts on that Mm, i don't know because broadway does it and they make it sound really good Mm-hmm. So, like, if acapella were to sing more Broadway, like Wicked or different stuff, like or Cats, you know, I would love that. Okay. I've, there are some groups. I'll send you. I'll send you guys a video. There's a. There was like an acapella competition between like two groups, and it was like one covering. It was some people from the Sing Off. I can't remember. One group did a really great version of Anything Goes. And like most of it, like it was like they took the Broadway arrangements and did them a cappella. Mm-hmm. And that's something that when I saw it, I was like, I didn't know you could do this. I didn't understand because it's just not the typical model. Mm-hmm. And I think if group leaders like try and just program like something from each kind of corner mm-hmm. of a cappella and do a super diverse set list, diverse in terms of genre, diverse in terms of who's making it, what kind yeah. of music it is and how you learn it, then there's a better chance that we can get like at least one of those will connect with someone like Laura. Exactly. It's like, oh, well, the set was fine, but man, I loved it when they did that one song from when they did um, Defying Gravity from from Wicked or whatever. That was the one that got me because there's all those like different ways you can get an acapella because it's mm-hmm. so multifaceted. So if people like you and I, Brian, like in our groups, like program as a super diverse set, that's going to both stretch our singers, but also reach more people, I think. Yeah, I think that's super, mm-hmm. super important. Um, I know that in the past, I've been in a lot of groups that we tried to do that, but I'm only thinking in terms that we thought we were branching out by doing, you know, country music from 2010 mm-hmm. and then pop music from mm-hmm. 2011. Mm-hmm. And I'm hearing a lot more on, Same thing. you know, we got to go even further. So that's, I, I, I get it now. It's making a lot more sense. 
Um, I'm curious because I know I've shown you at least one or two videos. What are your thoughts in general about skits at acapella shows and oh performances? Oh my god! Oh boy! I know that's that's kind of a, a <laughs> interesting territory because I know some groups really think it's needed and really enjoy it, and some groups don't do it at all. So, uh, does that add anything to the viewer, in your opinion, by being at an acapella show and seeing skits? Do you need that break or want that break from the music? Well, if we're talking about Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid, <laughs> that skit, <laughs> that yeah. was so awkward. Yeah, so I showed her I think an article recently about that. took yeah. away from the song. Did it? Okay. Um, what, did, what, what was this example? So this, there's a group um, called the Princeton Tiger Tones, and they've been all over oh, yeah. the news about they do this, uh, a cover of Kiss the Girl, and during the song, they invite uh, volunteers from the audience, one girl and one guy, to come on stage, dance, interact, oh, no. and they end the whole performance by inviting the two to share a kiss. And it doesn't, it's no, not always no, on the lips, yeah. but no, it's sometimes it can no. be a peck on the cheek and that's, stuff. And there's mm, that's a lot of controversy. That's... There's been a lot of controversy around it, so that's what she's referring to. I, yeah. hmm, I don't I I mean I I'm not a big skit fan in general to be honest mm-hmm. I prefer like when groups have their own like funny banter between themselves because usually yeah. I find that like I, I remember one performance where I still remember this one guy was like trying to make a joke to the other guy who was like on the mic talking about their next song and he just says well I can't really hear you so I'm gonna ignore you right now what? and it just kept going oh, and I so like awkward. it was just it was it was really oh, wow. funny in the moment we were all laughing mm-hmm. and that to me was way funnier than i don't know getting people up on stage <laughs> and asking them to kiss like yeah. just that kind of humor i feel like because that shows like the group and that shows the audience like your group's personality rather than something that's super structured or kind of pre-planned like that right yeah and it and it's weird with some of those <laughs> things because you know with i don't know you kind of believe with acapella okay as lord mentioned earlier and like i've mentioned before it's nerdy you know so these guys are have good intentions when it comes to this stuff but then you actually see some of this stuff now in this uh today's times and stuff and like you know certain things just can't pass and it makes you curious on how it even came to be so it's 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 interesting you know it's a it's a tough it's a tough thing to kind of figure out how to format with everything going on in today's climate but it's it's interesting so your verdict on these skits they were yay or nay i mean (laughs) okay so i would say honestly and this is kind of a tough one but i would say it depends on the group because hmm. it depends on whether your group can specifically pull it off. Because yep. some groups do yeah, have people fair. in it that are like pretty funny and clever and they can make something pretty good. Mm-hmm. But then other times maybe it is kind of like a more technical NG. group and they're not as like clever or quick on their feet. Or maybe and... not as cool. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or maybe just not as cool. Honestly, I didn't want to say nerdy again because <laughs> Yeah, no, that's but, that's super fair. Like you kinda gotta stick to what you can pull off almost. Yeah. So Yeah. Because mm-hmm. some definitely. groups can pull it off. Yeah, if it's and in your it identity. sounds really funny and it yeah. sounds good, but some groups can't and they should just stick to what they can do. Right. Yeah. I agree. And I think that can serve that there's like two kind of points we're coming to here is that like do what you're good like for for reaching people like laura like do what you're good at like don't try and just like do something crazy different for this like broad idea of like trying to reach people like that's that's awesome but 
you need to have like your foundations down first. Like I'm not going to take a brand new group and try and give them one of every different thing from the get go. I just want to see like, can we sing a song in tune? Right. Then you have your foundations and then you find out your strengths. And then when you do get into the more diverse, like set list of your acapella diet, you can still frame those things or choose music while still diverse that like leans into your group's strengths. I'm going to choose a barbershop piece that maybe is more homophonic because we don't have a great sense of rhythm or something like that as opposed to just choosing oh a random barbershop piece because it's barbershop Mm -hmm. as long as you do kind of what laura says because if you do something even if it's diverse or if it's different and it's bad then you're probably going to dislike it more because they're going to say oh you ruined my favorite thing (laughs) exactly like if 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 i program a broadway piece with a group i'm in and then we do it really badly laura's going to see that and go wow i don't like acapella and then they didn't do they did the thing i like really really badly Mm -hmm. so there is because i think it can be really easy for us to like sit here and just be like be diverse and do a bunch of different stuff but it's easier said than done and make sure you have a foundation and then you can build off of that foundation into a variety of things that can still grab people yeah i think yeah first Mm -hmm. and foremost be be good at making music first (laughs) be good (laughs) (laughs) and then and then from there you know kind of branch out i I, but I, i definitely agree with that point because at the end of the day, if you're just out there not, um, and I know it's no one's intentions to make that acapella, but if you're not out there presenting, you know, adequate, um, well-rehearsed music at the end of the day, you're going to yeah. be losing people to, to begin with. And you know what? It, and it it's even more important that you definitely don't, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, screw up, you know, at least the thing that might be able to hook someone there in the audience yeah. to begin with. So it's super super important Uh, definitely because diversity is i'm I'm a big proponent of diversity in all forms but you need to do it with like good intentions and with tact mm -hmm. um if you just do it for the sake of saying like oh look we're diverse or oh we're like look we're doing different music if you're doing it almost like in a token way whether that's group members group songs like however you're doing it then that's that that just comes off as disrespectful and showing Mm -hmm. you don't understand it like I wanted to program, um, it's a good choral piece called the Ute Sundance, and I can't remember exactly where it's from. I think it's from Africa, but I'm not certain on that. And it's like a kind of choral piece that has a lot of different traditions wrapped up in it. Super cool. But if my group wasn't ready to do that, Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that piece because then Mm -hmm. that just makes me look like someone who's like, I mean, it's not about me, but that's just me trying to be like, look, I do diverse stuff or I am good about diversity rather than like, okay, maybe we do some stuff by different composers and build up our sound and then we work our way to that. Because if you don't do that, then you're just going to come across it's it's just not it's disingenuous and it's setting your singers up for failure and it's not promoting a positive message of how diversity of music um can be a good thing for both the singers and the audience so just like brian said be good and then work your way up to to all that other stuff exactly i couldn't make put it any better than that and on that note we're going to take one more short break and we'll be right back on Talkapella. and welcome back to Talkapella. this has easily been one of our most unique episodes we have ever done on the show and we're coming up on like three years here pretty soon of doing the show brian's been with us for the past like seven months and i think this is a really fun idea to get brian's wife laura on this episode because it pushed brian and i (laughs) to talk about a lot of different Uh topics with different perspectives and reacting to different opinions that we aren't used to doing like oh you think this of acapella well why do you think that and then dissecting that and i think this is such a good example that 
we can set, Brian, for other people in the acapella community to listen to your audience mm-hmm. and listen to the people who maybe aren't the biggest acapella fans already and get their perspective because that'll just help your group grow more. And it's been super great, Laura, having you on today to just listen to all your opinions on this stuff as someone who's been like on seeing acapella from the outside for a long time. So one of our traditions is we always ask the guest like a piece of advice that they want to give to the acapella community. And uh, what, what would you tell the acapella community? If you could speak to them all, all at once, what would you tell them? <laughs> oh, this is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say just remember your audience, uh, remember who you're singing for, mm-hmm. um, and try not to overdo it too much. I mean, sometimes simple is less is more, basically. I think if you just stick with what you're good at and stick to what you know, and I think your audience will see that and they'll enjoy what you're performing a lot more. Definitely. Well said. And that's going to wrap it up this week. Brian, if people want to get a hold of you, or sorry, Laura, if people want to get a hold of you and see what you're about, (laughs) how could they do that? Uh, they can uh, hit me up through Brian's Twitter. Yeah, Brian, what's your Twitter? <laughs> How can they find you? <laughs> yeah, so if you want to send any messages to her, get in touch, um, you can just follow me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Brian, B-R-I-A-N underscore A-0-5. And in addition to all of those things, of course, always go follow College Acapella. I'm wondering if you're going to get like a ton of like esthetician s questions now, Brian, like people are like, I have like a wart or a rash or something. And you're just going to be inundated with that stuff. Oh my God. I'm, I'm passing it right over to Laura yeah. in that case. Go, yeah. All right, honey, here you go. Uh, <laughs> go to a doctor. <laughs> exactly. And then everyone, you can find me at John Lampus, J-O-H-N-L-A-M-P-U-S on Instagram and Twitter. Hit us up with some great questions. We're going to pass it on over to Lisa Hawkins with her segment, Asking for Directions. And this has been a super fun episode. Laura, thanks again for coming on. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It was fun. And for everything acapella, everybody, please stay tuned. Hi, we're Side Note, and you're listening to Acapella Radio. All acapella music. All the time. Anywhere. In your car. Mowing the lawn. After school. In the shower. Or just cause. On Hello, my name is Lisa Hawkins, and welcome to Tacapella's mini segment, Asking for Directions, where I'll be talking about different tips and tricks that will help your acapella group get to the next level. So I went to a few acapella festivals last month and thought I'd share a few things that I learned. One of the classes that stuck with me was one that was taught by Georgia Renosto at Kettering Acafest, and she sings in an incredible group called Women of the World, if you've ever heard of them. Um, Her class was called Artist Development, and something she talked about was dreams and ideas. She said that dreams are the most important thing you can have in this world, and I 100% agreed with that. Without dreams, it's like, why are we here? What's the purpose? I think in order to find that purpose for yourself, you have to kind of find your dream. And an idea is how you implement that dream. So if you think of anyone who's accomplished anything in their life, be it Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, founding fathers, etc., they all had a dream and then had an idea of how to make a reality. So when we apply this to music, or more specifically acapella, 
What does it mean? Sure, most of you are probably in high school or college singing a cappella, so what does it matter, right? Well, your dreams don't have to be big, they just have to exist and be something that you strive for. Maybe it's competing in a competition or going to a festival or even as simple as having a gig outside of a school setting. Whatever it may be, it's important to have something that your group is working towards accomplishing. One, this raises morale by creating a feeling that they're a part of a team. And two, this increases their feeling of being a part of a community, which is something we've talked about before. And there's a bond that comes with accomplishing goals with the team. And this team aspect kind of brings me to my next point. In order to be successful, you must surround yourself with a good team. For acapella groups, that may mean having an MD, an arranger, a social media person, a business manager, etc. And not only is this the best way to specialize and be efficient, but it truly becomes a team effort as opposed to one person kind of dragging the cause along, which is something I did and I wish I'd realized sooner how it, how much it raises morale when there are multiple people contributing to the cause. Besides, the more people you have, the better your idea is going to be on how to make your dreams happen. And depending on the nature of your dream, you may have different roles and divisions of labor, but never forget that acapella is not possible without other people around you because we're so used to kind of seeing ourselves as a unit and it's true. I better think we have to kind of start looking ourselves, looking at ourselves more of like as a sports team, like every member has something to offer because at the end of the day, you can have the best marketing in the world, but you won't last unless you're good at your craft and your craft is your sound, which is made possible by your team. So maybe next time get your team together and think about what your next step is, what your next dream is and ideas on how to implement that and make that happen. So that is it for this week, but if you have any specific questions, I would love to hear them. You can post them on Aquaville social media sites, or you can reach out to me personally on Facebook or Instagram. You can follow me at lisa.yoda. Again, my name is Lisa Hawkins, and thanks for joining me on this week's mini segment of Asking for Directions.